0: Crow talk. Cro talk. Pro talk. Just, just like, like the, the men. men.
1: For those of you just tuning in, just a quick little recap. We're filmmakers. We made our first feature film.
0: An adaptation of a 100-year-old screenplay written by Elle Higginson at the turn of the 20th century, wherein she tells a tall tale of helping her friend run for political office in Washington state. P.S. It's all true.
1: We decided to chop it all up and put it on TikTok because why not? And we're talking to women in the film industry that know more than we do about the experience. Hook, line, and sinker. I
2: know
0: a place where the sun is like gold
2: and the cherry...
0: Chapter 5, The Ladies of Talking to Crows. And, and down underneath is the loveliest nook where the four-leaf clovers
1: grow. Hey, humans of the internet, welcome back. We're back, you're back, we're all back. Guess who's back? All of us, including our Talking to Crows team
0: that helped produce Just Like the Men and were a majority of the lead characters in the film as well. This episode is definitely for people who have seen the film. It's a moment for us to revel in each other's company and reflect on the whole process. And for you all out there, it's an opportunity to get a glimpse of what it's like filming on an independent Film set, which in our case is full of laughter and hilarity a lot of the time. Also, some tears, sometimes blood. Featured in this episode is
1: our Talking to Crows team of ladies Ashton Lundy, who played Mrs. Carlton, Laura Baker, who plays Mrs. DeLorme, Rochelle Robinson, who helped develop the script and was essentially our AD every single day on set, and the two of us.
0: We've got it all for you, so let's get into it. Okay. Okay. Let's hear three words to sum up your experience on the project, just like the men. Ashton.
1: Um, I would say uh, magic, hot, and hamburger phone. (laughs) Can we reorder them so it's hot magic hamburger phone? (laughs) Yes, hot magic hamburger phone.
0: So that would be hot magic hamburger phone from Ashton. Mm -hmm. Yes. Laura. Laura
1: so interestingly
3: i also put hot down so i think that's going to become a theme of the podcast as will become clear <clears throat> i also said playful and transformative
1: oh, i love that it's a hot movie like sexy hot people is what we
0: mean <laughs> yeah we definitely mean it in the sexy way definitely so not sexy. temperature wise but sexy wise we did not perspire once or it was long freezing
3: <laughs> Very so cold. long skirts are so sexy wool, wool
1: skirts wool. wigs 97 degrees. Go.
2: For me, I would have to say face aching, tireless, unified. Ooh.
1: Those are some good words.
2: Yeah, nice on the compound word, too. To
0: sneak in another one. Ooh. Oh, I was trying to be tricky.
1: <laughs> Ooh. They'll probably cry during this podcast. That's the goal. <laughs>
0: All of our goal. (laughs) It wouldn't be the first time crying about Just Like the Men. Probably won't be the last either. (laughs) Won't be the last.
1: Because we've all been working on this together for the entire journey all of us were involved in the writing at the very beginning
0: yeah that's been a journey I was reflecting on when we first got the script and started working on it we were writing at Juna Harper's house and she would leave us like homemade scones and coffee
3: and I think the writing process was so interesting because we essentially took a silent film that had sort of been adapted by Ella a little bit into like a talkie (laughs) and then we we're like okay how do we make this a 21st century film so it was this weird evolution of this script but at the core of it even though it was initially a silent film and we were adapting it 100 years later at the core of it everything rang true for us as we were reading it as far as women in politics which just from the jump blew my mind that, that how old it was yet how how relevant it was
1: yeah, I especially liked and and wish we would have kept all of our flashback scenes to Alaska. I feel like we we really missed part of the script. There were all of these scenes. Ella Higginson was obsessed with Alaska and she had what the the boat sequence. She was on a boat in Alaska and like commanding the captain as a flashback. Oh, oh, fantastic.
3: Is that fantastic. because you just wanted to film on location in Alaska, Ashton?
1: <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping, especially with the heat that the that we were dealing with, that we could go to Alaska and be freezing. I think that would have been fantastic. Yeah, Ella definitely thought she was the shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was my like biggest takeaway of all the writing, which as she was sitting there at her typewriter, she was just reveling in her own awesomeness.
2: I, I think that's one of my favorite memories. Is going that first day with Stacy to Western's archives and seeing this enormous screenplay and immediately being so daunted and thinking to myself, oh man, I'm glad I'm not a part of talking to crows <laughs> at that moment, I was still in school. And then I wasn't a part of, of you all coming together and breaking it down and really getting to the heart and the meat of what maybe Ella wasn't able to get to on her own at that point uh, when she was writing it. and I love I love how much you carved at it, but also kept it true uh, from from the bloated original screenplay that it was full of gems, uh, but you know, a little a little uh, too much Alaska,
1: actually. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that was the most important part. I think it was probably six months in or eight months in, we had a sit down conversation where we really were talking about how important it was for us that we make sure we were getting to the heart of the piece. I remember us having that conversation and how important it was that we were keeping that true. There were so many different iterations we went through. We had, at one point it was gonna be Stacy and Cassidy like were given the script and like went back in time into the script. And at another point, we were going to tell like two mirroring stories, kind of like Julie and Julia, where it was, you know, Ella's story and then our story getting the script. And there's just been so many different iterations. And I'm kind of glad we landed where we did. I think it was the best way to speak to the heart of the piece while also adding in our narrative and what we wanted to say um, on top of it.
0: And that's the purpose really of this whole podcast is that there was so much going on alongside in our own lives that we wanted to work in um and so we finally found a way to work in that outside narrative even though it definitely went through so many versions i <laughs> forgot about that first one ashton about us like showing up as modern people but in the silent film i forgot about that that was an early one. And- oh my gosh
3: at one point, weren't we going to do two, like, or almost a reader's theater where it was going to, like, or, like, a Turner Classic movie style where it would jump back to the present and we'd give, like, historical facts about what was happening?
1: That idea came back even as we did reshoots. <laughs> we were still trying to make that happen. <laughs> we were, yeah. I mean, it did kind of with the reshoots that we brought in when we did, you know, the The wets, the dries, they hate each other, those those pop out moments that we had, I think that was our way of putting that in without it being outside of the the timeline that we established. Yeah, that ended up working out really well, even though on the pickup day, I thought I was like nauseous with anxiety, but I think I had the stomach flu and I puked a bunch.
3: I have a question for you cassidy how many days on set were you probably like nauseously ill just from like nerves i think only
1: i think only two yeah i was just gonna say it's it's interesting how much nerves play a role in it the the very first day before my first day on set because it was the second day of shooting was my first day on set um I was so nervous I didn't sleep the entire night before, which was so funny because I was so prepared. Like I had obviously knew I knew the script very well since I was in on the writing process and I had read it so many times to get my lines down and make sure I knew the beats and um, the rhythm and everything in it. But I was just so nervous because I had no idea what to expect because I'd never been on a film set before and I didn't sleep at all. And I don't even know why I was so nervous because by the time I got there, you know, it was... Stacy and Casty and Laura and I know all of you and I've worked with all of you it's just that anticipation and that excitement and that that nervousness it just was unwarranted or <laughs> <laughs>
0: <We're> totally warranted because <laughs> I felt the same way you know
1: yeah PS that was all of our first time well maybe, no it wasn't all of our first time on a film set but for a lot of us it was our first time on a film set myself included i guess oh, outside of our shorts i don't count those as films though
3: yeah i mean it was my is my first time acting like if you don't count the time i was in wizard of oz in like fourth grade uh, which you know i did play the yellow brick road i'm just saying <laughs> <laughs> what that is so weird <laughs> it's so weird when you look back huh. but um i uh i think every day i was so nervous and then And this is one of my favorite moments and I don't know if I will ever forget this and even just thinking about it just like makes me want to laugh already is the day that we did the scene where uh, I'd like storm into the house. (laughs) What do you suppose (laughs) has happened to me? And I don't I don't remember reading I didn't intend to read it differently but I mean we could not get through that and no, it was so much fun and like. I think for me, I was so nervous because not having ever acted before, not having done anything this anywhere in this league and feeling very much kind of like, I mean, we're all friends and we love each other, but feeling a little bit like the outsider, right? Of like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like they're letting me down. How did I con them into letting me do this? And just uh, in that moment feeling like so kind of, I don't even know how to describe it. Just like euphoric about like this, comic moment we created together. Um, it, it, and I think that's why one of the words I used was transformative, because just realizing like, oh, this is what I want to do, <laughs> this is this is great.
1: Yeah, I also had, uh, had that in the back of my mind as one of my favorite moments. If you pay super close attention in the film, you can still kind of see me biting my cheek just to get through that scene. I think that won the record for most takes, it's between that one and the one the other one where we're in together where it's in the office and I tear up the uh, the speech. Those two, there's something, you, you always made me break. I don't know what it was. It was just something about your delivery. It always made me break. Um, but another moment I really liked, it was actually, it was our last day on set. And part of the reason I liked it so much is because it was just us. It was just the women of talking to crows on set. There wasn't anybody else there and it was just kind of nice to know that we were all there together in those last moments. And it was just kind of, I remember right, right as we were about to wrap, it was kind of quiet and we were all just kind of there together. And there was like a moment of silence. And I kind of liked that moment that we had all together. That was the best. <laughs> and I cried. Yeah, uh, I they, cried they, too. Stacy and I like couldn't look at each other that whole evening. I think we would walk by each other and be like, don't look at me, don't look at me. Cause we were just like on the verge just because the whole journey was so transformative and magical and like full of love and all of the best things I've ever experienced. And just, you know, knowing that we'll do that again together but that it was for now coming to a close was just sucked <laughs> and was beautiful, but <laughs> sucked.
0: What about for you, Rochelle? we all have had very different experiences here that I'm coming to understand more. Just hearing Laura and Ashton talk, you know, you guys were in front of the camera the whole time. So it was a completely different experience for you two is what I'm fully Excuse me
1: i boomed in costume a few times
3: i stand corrected yes,
1: I, I also uh i also boomed in the hat scene although as i recall my name's not in the credits under booming
0: oh you're gonna have to take that up with the company that did our credits
1: it was me and there's still like three spelling errors in those credits
2: <laughs> well i think that i When you're, I'm so glad that I was not in front of the camera, number one, um, because I got to watch, I did so much watching and so much listening. And we've spoken about multiple takes, which is natural and totally to be expected. And something that, that happened again and again and again was that whether it was take one or take 10, no matter if it was going well or if it was going poorly, <laughs> what kind of day it was, you know, we were sweating through our clothes. If we, you know, dropped a mixer from our fanny pack, whatever the day might've held, literally just as funny, take one to take 10, the lines, the delivery, the performances, Laura Ashton, our whole our whole cast just had this way of fusing with their character and bringing them to life with the same vigor again and again and again and sure there were moments that soared even higher Uh, for whatever reason that flow happens that magic happens and you just feel so honored to to witness it but even in the non-perfect flow moments I was just having to hold back so much laughter and not shake the boom or, or whatnot whatever role I was playing and so I think the opportunity to watch and listen and laugh and revel and appreciate the moment i got a lot of that from my vantage point and and it allowed me to have a very specific surprise uh, on set which was stacy and cassidy the reality of them wearing so many hats so efficiently every moment of every hour and this machine that i watched them build together and then oil or not grind away at and and with smiles and with joy and with grace, and yes, so many people in our community rallied. we had such beautiful help, and that's why one of my word words is unified, but truly watching them be directors, watching them be producers, watching them be. <laughs> everything literally everything costumers everything navigate paperwork in between takes just you know what you have to do when you're a small company uh, but what they took on because of their their dedication and and ownership and and passion for the project like that was the biggest surprise for me and a constant favorite moment just to see them in in their element to watch Laura and Ashton come alive in front of the screen I I got to watch. And I think that that's just such a blessing. I'm I'm glad, Laura, that you brought up the multiple hats.
0: And Rochelle, you're saying the same thing because it's true for everyone on this podcast here. Like Rochelle, you were in front of the camera too now that I think about it.
3: (laughs)
1: Yeah, I was gonna interrupt you. You were a fangirl, (laughs) you know?
0: And so, but that is it in this type of filmmaking which would be indie filmmaking is that we have to do it all. And you get on set sometimes and you don't know exactly how many things you're going to have to do that day. Um, I think some of those boom pole moments for you, Laura, were not on the schedule and they just happened. Or my favorite extra story really is Cassidy, where she had to step in and be a man. One of our male extras who's over six feet tall, was not going to show up. So... Um, I'm five foot six and a half so. <laughs> just so you know that suit listener. out perfectly <laughs> and the shoes <laughs> but it's yeah you have to be so adaptable and willing to just put on whatever hat is on the table and then something else that always doesn't surprise me but is just so wonderful and special is how unified we all are um we all have been connected in some way for years. And like a decade, actually. You're right, over a decade. And when you look at other groups in Hollywood or even just single filmmakers, you learn more about how they're connected to other people and how all those people came up kind of at the same time. So it just makes me feel very sparkly and excited (laughs) Um, when I see... How our relationship to each other and our connection is also lifting us up and really impacting the work that we're doing. So, I don't know if that's how it is for a lot of other filmmakers, but it's a, definitely a part of Talking to Crows' work.
1: Yeah, it's just such an honor, not only on this film, but on all of our creative endeavors to be working with women that I reg- regard so highly, just have some of the most brilliant brains that you could ask for working on things. It is always such an honor, even watching just like the men back again. I still feel just as honored and all of the magic and all of the feelings come back because we made something really special and we made it together.
3: I think what's so amazing about that is how that, that energy or that um, environment was really clear on set because I remember other, particularly other, other actresses on set, talking about, you know, the, particularly the ones who'd been on other sets or been in plays or, or done, all, done, done, you know, in my mind, like they were very professional and done so many <laughs> more things than I had, but talking about how, how comfortable they were on our set because it was so welcoming, because it didn't feel like this, like ego game amongst anyone and that everybody was just trying to elevate everyone else. And and that was clear, you know, we, we've we done that for years, but to have kind of somebody come in and be like, wow, this is so cool, as if it was a novelty, makes me nervous, I guess, for what else is out there, but also um, really uh, makes me value so much what we have.
1: And I think that speaks highly to who was cast in this film as well, because even when you set the environment from a director's perspective or a producer's perspective, Ego can still come in from the actors. I mean, it's either the directors or it's the actors coming in, you know, huge egos, and that can really get in the way, can really kill the um, camaraderie can kill the process so just having our entire cast I don't think there was a single like huge ego besides mine in the room <laughs> so that's good so that was so big. great for you <laughs> you were channeling Ella ego. you were like I'm
3: Ella so I can do anything and I'm I like, am an
0: Alaskan <laughs> captain
3: I'm an Alaskan
0: god I do think camaraderie is at least for our sets, the secret ingredient. And I would think that it would be also for other filmmakers out there on whatever scale they're working on. If you have rapport with someone and a relationship with someone, that means you trust them. And so you that never is a question when you're put into this really intense situation where anything that can go wrong will go wrong, which it did. like. It all, all of that happened, but our network was really, was really strong and tested. So I just, I just, yeah, keep coming back to that as far as what helps make it work on set. And even before that, even in the writing room, the whole, from pre-production to post, what makes it all work and come to fruition is that network, that core group, this group.
1: Have we covered all of our favorite moments on set?
0: It sounds like it nobody like talked have.
1: about the cow oh my gosh I wasn't there okay. for the cow. <laughs> you weren't there for the cow No, oh.
3: I was busy giving speeches
1: for the wets and drives <laughs> I don't do animals <laughs> sorry I was trying to die on the train tracks with the cow <laughs> oh gosh yeah, no no amount of pre-production could have prepared us for bringing livestock onto a set which was done humanely with like a lovely dairy farmer in the area who was friends with the guy whose property we were shooting on. Um, But yeah, having a live animal on set, no matter how much organization you've got under your belt for that day, just get ready for it to all fly out the window. But we made that work with a couple of pickups. Yeah, and I think the cow only moved twice.
0: Cow was great.
1: Yeah, cow was was the best actor on set. Truly.
0: Biggest ego on set, actually. <laughs>
1: yeah, you know what? Really? Cow beats me. Yeah, definitely. Deserved, though.
3: Well, and I think just the, the way we got the cow um, speaks to to the community surrounding this production. Like, I was thinking about when, you know, Rachelle, how you mentioned, like, oh, yeah, I was in it. And then I was realizing, yeah, and weren't you standing next to Justin? Like, yes. and then, yeah. um, right, Cassidy and, like, Fergus, was it, like, so much of our community stepped up when we asked or or volunteered because they just wanted to be a part of this and um and how how kind of magical it made the whole thing
1: it's true yeah justin for those of you listening is is my husband and fargus my dog is in it stacy's dog betty is also in it um yeah Uh, who else was I going to say? Oh, Wilson Large was our B-roll camera guy and also did all of our lighting, but he stepped in and acted. He was like, yeah, I've got this. Move over. (laughs) I don't even know if we had cast him until like production was about to roll. We were like, here's some lines, Wilson. Yeah. Well, We had because we took that production photo with you and Wilson when you were the sick wife, when we were doing the costuming. (laughs) So we had planned on him being the mysterious news reporter man. Yeah. Okay. We did plan that.
0: Mr. Farrell.
1: Mr. Farrell, my husband, who's a little creepy.
0: Well, are there any words of advice that anyone wants to offer to filmmakers, whether it's on set, in the writing room, really any phase of production that you want to speak to?
1: Yeah, I I plan my... uh words of wisdom based around specifically the actor's perspective and specifically being on set but it's plan but be flexible come in be prepared be ready to go have an idea of what it's going to look like and know that it's going to look nothing like that <laughs> but that's okay it's going to be better than you can even anticipate
3: that's really actually similar to mine and on a more general scale and we kind of reference this how kind of no matter how prepared you are no matter what your plan is no matter how organized like stuff's gonna happen (laughs) and things are gonna break things people are gonna be late um it's gonna be 97 degrees and you're like sweating through your makeup and uh just be prepared be as prepared as you can but don't freak out when like the train derails because it's going to because that's the nature of the beast and just breathe through
2: it (laughs) And when you're when you're envisioning your project and when you're preparing, writing pre-production, I I say trust your gut and then go deeper. You're gonna have an opportunity on set for things to change, uh, dialogue changes for the better, your actors embody the characters and the words shift to match the true character that you never even knew was in there. Not really, even as the writer. Uh, I remember getting so excited in the final draft of the screenplay about all these modern aspects that I'd written in. And some of them are a little bit too intense, I felt, but at the same time I fell in love with them like the hamburger phone. And we worked really hard together to, to discuss if, if they were necessary or if they were distracting. And ultimately everybody let me keep all my little, <laughs> my little details in and, and then they made them work. And, you know, then there are ones like the Serenity homage that I was obsessed with, where I thought it would be so cool if the character wove keys in her fingers and had this really iconic movie moment. Did it work? It did not work. Did it make it to the film? It did not. But they <laughs> let me try. And, and and we got the hamburger phone in there. So that that's that's a crowning achievement right there. But when I say go deeper, I mean take a step back and think about who you're including in in your story and I know that that's something that we all have had a lot of time to reflect on and and recognize the time when this screenplay was originally written and the heart it was written with uh, and the blind spots and the people of color missing from our story and missing from the screen and it's something we're going to learn from from the rest of our lives and uh, such a beautiful lesson for us to learn firsthand uh, and a reminder to just yeah trust your gut but then look at it from a different angle go deeper uh, think about who you're telling the story for why and then tell it for more for more people uh, and expand on that
1: yeah that is part of this project we'll never i don't know feel completely at peace with it's just the perspective and the time it
0: was written yeah, that's definitely a hard piece to hold, but but we're holding it,
2: but we're going to hold it and keep talking about it and keep learning from it,
0: mm-hmm. certainly.
1: Yeah, it's led to a lot of really amazing conversations and even relationships, honestly, um,
0: mm-hmm.
1: just because, yeah, when adapting it, we were always aware that we were going to, well, we had reached a point where we were going to do a straight adaptation and in that we realized, you know, we're leaving out a huge part of a conversation, but yeah, even after the film was finished, it still led to really uh, broadening conversations in perspective. And yeah, it does continue Mm -hmm. to like enrich our lives and our knowledge in that way,
2: which I'm grateful for.
0: And it's another test of this unit as well. Thinking about all the shit we went through, (laughs) the good and the bad, and how all of that now gets to be refined in the next project is super exciting because I now I'm at a place, Cassidy and I were talking about this, where we're excited to think about new projects and looking at that again. and just being able to do all the things that we did wrong the first time around, we get to do them right. And then we'll do other shit wrong. And we'll do all these <laughs> new things wrong that we didn't know about. I can't wait to do things wrong again. Oh my gosh, <laughs> but, it's yes. differently. Yeah, but differently.
1: Yeah, differently, in
0: a different way. It's the best way to do things wrong. It's like the journey of filmmaking. So go find your friends and go make some stuff with them. Go get your friends and make a movie.
1: You must have
0: you must love So, if you work, if you wait, you will find the place where the four leaf clovers
1: grow. Where the four leaf clovers grow. Where the four leaf clovers grow. I think we should do it like, maybe one or two more times. Okay, cool.